Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we're going to have a fun episode talking with Justin Earhart of Eager, Arizona. Justin owns Premium Hunts, and I follow Justin on Instagram. I've actually never met Justin, but I admire the animals that him and his guides harvest uh, with their clients, so I thought it would be good to have Justin on to talk specifically Eastern Arizona, uh, Unit 1, Unit 27, Unit 2. Uh, Justin, how you doing today? Good. How you doing, Jay? Uh, it's uh, going to be good to have you on here. Uh, Justin, we are looking at the Arizona regulations for elk and antelope uh, staring us right in the face here with a deadline, uh, February 13th. And... Um, I know, well, let me ask you a question here. You're from Eager, Arizona. Uh, are you born and raised in that area? Yeah, I was born and raised right here in Eager, Arizona. And um, you own Premium Hunts. Uh, you have a website, and you guys, looks like you do a lot of elk hunting. You, you, you do a lot of big coos deer. Um, you got a lot of big, beautiful coos deer, a lot of velvet coos, a lot of big hard-horned coos, and... Um, you guys are out in the mountains uh, quite a bit. Is that something that you've just been doing since you were a little kid? Yeah, I mean, growing up here, there's never much to do, so we just always spend our time out in the woods and just a passion we've always had growing up. When when it comes to these animals and big game animals, is there one in particular, um, you know, that as as far as, a, you know, elk or sheep or deer or bears or lion or whatever, is there one that you would say, ah, I, I tend to lean that, that, you know, that's kind of my favorite? Uh, <laughs> just about any of them that I could ever get a tag for is going to be my favorite, but um, re really like the elk and the coos deer. Yeah. It's kind of like my wife says when people ask me that, she just rolls her eyes and she's like, whatever season it is, that's his favorite. Yeah, always. Um, we're, we're looking at the elk. Uh, we're going to talk specifically about elk today. Um, and you do guiding in one and 27 and two. Would you say that you're pretty much split, you know, kind of between those units and, and um, or are you way more in unit one or way more in unit 27 or is it pretty even across the board? No, it's pretty even across the board. We spend a lot of time in, in all those units. Um, they're all basically right out here, right out our back door, and uh, it's pretty easy for us to put boots on the ground even with, you know, a few hours left in the day. So we get a, we're lucky. We get to spend a lot of time out in these units. Gotcha. What, um, what are you seeing right now as far as, you know, we're sitting here a few days into January. Um, what are conditions out there right now as far as, you know, snowpack, um, moisture, drought, you know, where, where does it stack up to normal? Well, it's, it's way, way down from normal. I mean, it's been warm and dry. I mean, we've had very little moisture since basically the the beginning of September. Um, you can't even find snow on the north hillsides at 10,000 foot right now. It's uh, it's it's very dry. Never seen it this bad before. Usually, you can find snow up high, but it's been pretty pretty bad. We're hoping that uh, you know, we get some later here in January and February, 
and uh, um, give these bulls Justin, some do you, moisture. Yeah, Justin, do you feel like it's too late? Do you feel like, you know, um, you know, it's it's too late even if we did get some spring moisture, if we get some February, if we get some March? I mean, is it too late or is it salvageable? No, it's it's salvageable. We we generally ever since the fires in 2011, these everywhere that it burned out heavily, which is basically the greater portions of a lot of the units, um, the the feed has been phenomenal. I mean, you're looking at green, green grass everywhere. So just a little bit of moisture is going to kick that off, and it's going to create a lot of feed for the bulls and the deer and everything else. And okay, also, so you, you we, go ahead. I was just going to say that ever since the fire, man, a lot of these springs have uh, have came back, and there's there's a lot of groundwater everywhere over here. From from that standpoint, you feel like the trees, you know, got burned up, and so they're not drawing as much water out of the spring. So they're all of a sudden, you know, the the, the springs are coming back. Or what can you attribute that to? You know, I think that has a lot to do with it. That and then uh, there was quite a bit of erosion that happened. So a lot of these drainages got washed out a little deeper. And I think it, you know, take take five or six feet of soil out and it's going to expose more water in some of these places. So in your mind, the wallow fire um, did some real good for the, your country up there? Well, uh, it did It did its pluses and minuses for sure. Um, it definitely created a lot more feed and uh, water, but with with that came more visibility and, uh, you know, other other things which have in, in return knocked down the, the age class of the animals. So, in other words, the fires made it more visible, made it easier for hunters to spot bulls and locate bulls whereas before it was lots of dark timber and they had lots of sanctuary yep correct yeah before there were there's places you know you wouldn't even be able to see the the ground um you'd be looking at a mile a hillside and you wouldn't see one square inch of the ground and now you can see into every bit of it so the last few years you guys have been smoking some big bulls on the late hunts, um, how much of that is because you can see and then how much of that is, I think they did some reseeding and replanting, um, you know, is it a function of the elk are actually, you know, growing bigger antlers or is it almost uh, 100% the fact that, you know, you can just, you can finally find them now? Well, all, all the feed has definitely helped out a bunch with, you know, growing, growing bulls to their maximum potential that's that's helped out huge but actually being able to capitalize on the bulls um being able to see has been the the biggest factor because now you can look across these big canyons with you know good optics and long-range rifles and you can capitalize on a lot of these animals do you feel like the hunting uh has opened up unit 27 more than unit one or would you say equally 27 and one have both been equal uh you know opened up the same you know they've they've both been opened up pretty good 27 is just a lot more rougher and it's got a lot more canyons that you can actually 
get on one side and, and, you know, tear apart the other side with good glass. So they've both probably been equally opened up. It's just 27 has more country that you, you can utilize it in. And 27 before the fire was pretty thick. There wasn't a lot of open country at all. It was, you know, pretty thick, wasn't it, compared to one where there was cienegas and opens and stuff in Unit 1? Yeah, before before the fire in 27, I mean, you had very little, you know, meadows or cienegas. Um, there were a few, but nothing like Unit 1, to where a lot of the elk in 27 would actually migrate into the lower country under the rim. And ever since the fire, there's been so much feed up on top of the mountain that a lot of those elk are not migrating like they used to. And a lot of them are staying up on top in those big burned out canyons where you know you can hunt them you can see them and you can you can hunt all day up there now you personally um you know if you had to choose either where you're going to hunt personally or where you're going to take clients i mean do you prefer one over 27 or 27 over one or or is it a tie or where you know where does it stand as far as you know, whether it be quality of bulls, quality of experience, you know, closer to your house, easier to get around, like what, you know, is there one that you like a little better than the other or are they they're the same? No, I, I really like them both a lot. Um, one determining factor with the client is uh, like the client's physical capabilities. Uh, 27's a lot rougher, so you really need a client who can you know, get around and, and move in some rough country. Whereas the unit one, it's a lot more mild and, and, uh, you know, you don't have to be in such great shape or condition to where you can go throughout the whole unit, you know, speaking specifically about the archery hunt, um, in, in unit one and comparing it to 27, um, you know, I'm looking at the regs right now, and uh, Unit 1, 2B, and 2C has 300 permits, and Unit 27 has 225, um, and that's just for the bull tags. And then the antlerless is 75 in, in Unit 1 and 100 um, in 27. From a pressure standpoint, does one unit feel like it gets more pressure than the other, or are they pretty much the same as, as far as what it feels like out there? Uh, it, it mainly depends where, where you're hunting at. Um, they, they both get pressure. Um, you know, you're usually going to run into a handful of people um, in either unit on on the archery hunts. You're going you're gonna to run into people. But, you know, 27 offers a lot of, more remote rough country where you can get away from a lot of those people whereas the unit one there's a lot of access a lot of roads and you're going to be seeing people on the roads you're going to be seeing people in in the hills you're gonna you're gonna run into a lot more people i'm looking at the uh gohan insider is a sponsor of this podcast and they just released their 2018 um uh, draw odds or the odds that were for, for seven, taking the 17 numbers and projecting them for 18. 
and it still looks like unit one uh, is 16 points, you know, guaranteed for a non-resident is 16 points to draw that tag, whereas unit 27 is one less than that at 15, and it's a 90% at 14. My question for you is, why do you think unit one always takes a little bit more points? It seems like that's been that way for quite a while. Um, is it that much better, or why do you think it takes a, a, you know at least one more point in one than 27? Uh, I don't think it's any better. I just think that it is uh, it's a lot easier of a hunt. Um, it's a lot easier to put eyes on on bulls with cows and bulls alone. It's just uh, it's a lot easier of a unit to navigate just because of all the access and, and mild terrain. With that being said, with that easier access, um, speaking about the archery hunt specifically, um, you know, if you've got someone that wants more of a quote-unquote wilderness or wants more of a, you know, kind of pack in for a few days on your back and set a spike camp and stuff, I mean, is 27 a much better candidate for that type of a hunt? Yeah, definitely. 20, 27, you know, there's there's big chunks in Unit 27 where where you can go miles and miles and miles and not see a road or a person. And if you've got somebody that, you know, has the physical capabilities to do something like that, it's a, it's a good thing to do. Whereas to Unit 1, if you try to do that, a lot of the times you're just going to be walking over roads or... Or still bumping. The further you people. get from one road, you you get closer to another road, type of thing. It, yep, exactly. And and you know, don't get me wrong, the hunting's still great, but but there are there are a lot of roads in Unit One. What have you seen? Um, you know, growing up there, getting to see it before the Wallow Fire, both units, and then getting to see it right after the Wallow Fire. It seems like the unit you know, exploded as far as, you know, it seemed like with some really good bulls, you know, you guys were a part of some really big bulls that were harvested for governors or raffle tags and what have you. And, um, it, you know, have you seen an overall decline in giant bulls in both units? Or is one still, you know, one unit over another still kind of holding its own and there's still a few giants? Or is, is the overall, you know, upper upper end quality coming way off the top well those those first three years after the fire 2012 13 and 14 those, those were phenomenal years um never seen anything like it probably won't ever see anything like it again uh we had bulls with with all the age class they needed and then when they got hit with all that feed it, it they just skyrocketed and since since then, yeah, it's it's gone back downhill, and I I like to think now we're probably back at the stages for quality where we were probably pre-fire. It, it feels a lot worse because we saw the those three years right after the Wallow Fire where it was it was phenomenal, but I think we're probably back down to where we were, you know, pre-fire for quality. What? Let's let's speak about Unit One specifically here um, for this question. Unit One is paired up with Two B and Two C. Um, how much, in your opinion, of those three hundred archery tags? How much of those three hundred tags are in Unit One, and how many are in the Two B and Two C? I'm trying to get a feel for 
you know, does 2B and 2C get looked at very little, you know, um, or does it get quite a bit of pressure as well? No, when they're when they're paired up with Unit One, I'm going to say 98% of the people are going to be in Unit One, just because of that higher <clears throat> higher density densities of elk in Unit One versus 2B and 2C. And 2B 2C is probably a few locals and stuff know where bulls hang and such, and it you know it, but it's not something where someone would go, hey, I'm just going to hunt 2B and 2C, that, that, in your mind, that would probably be kind of a mistake, as many elk and stuff, and good places to go as there is in Unit 1? Yeah, def definitely would be a mistake, unless you, unless you had something pre-scouted and, and you knew all the little pockets, because they're real pockety in 2B and 2C, so you, you can always find a giant out there, but it's, you, you could go a couple days without seeing an elk. And then, uh, so one, two B, two C, most of the, you know, 98% of the pressure, you know, gets, goes in unit one. Um, is, is unit one, one of those units that, or, you know, one, two B, two C, is that one of those places where you see during that archery hunt, quite a bit of pressure, say the first three days of the season. And then kind of during the middle of the week, a bunch, you know, half the people go home or do you find it? you know, as uh, unit one, two B, two C is, you know, people are there for the entire 14 days. You know, every year it seems like more and more people are sticking around for the duration of the hunt. I mean, you you can notice a little bit of drop off in pressure, but it's, it's not much. From a bugling standpoint, um, would you say the bulls bugle better in one, you know, the one, two B, two C as opposed to 27? Um, or, or would you say the opposite or would you say they're pretty much the same? Uh, they're, they're pretty much the same. It just all depends on, on what area you, you're going to hit what day, you know. Um, I personally guided a guy in 27 this year on the archery hunt and it was, it was phenomenal. It was, it was rut action like I've never seen before, but we had a great moon phase. Um, we had the later dates. Uh, we did have some windy days and stuff, but it was it was a really really good hunt. And quality was did you find the quality that you were looking for? Yeah, quality quality was good. We had a lot of really nice bulls that we were after. Um, had had a lot of really close calls, some some missed shots and and whatnot. And uh, we ended up sealing the deal on on day twelve. But uh, it was it was a really good hunt. A lot of action. Okay. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, I'm noticing here that there's a late archery hunt. Um, let me click over here. There's a late archery hunt. Uh, it looks like in both units. Um, talk a little bit about that. How you know as far as late archery, how good a hunts are they? What can people expect? You know. They're they're both really good hunts. Um, you just kind of gotta go in with realistic expectations. You gotta gotta know what you're in for. Uh, um, you know, this year would would have been a great year to been sit in water as dry and, and warm as it was, or or at least hunting near near water. You know, glass and bulls coming and going from it. Um, but realistically, you know, if you if you could let some arrows go at some 320 to 
350 class bulls, you'd, you'd be doing really good on that hunt. But and conversely, are there. opportunities are there. Yeah, conversely, with um, you know one and twenty-seven during the regular archery hunt during September, um, take each take each unit. You know the one and then twenty-seven. What are realistic expectations as far as you know? What are guys going to be seeing every day, and what types of bulls? You know, most people that draw an Arizona tag think they're going to see you know, 370, 380 bulls every day, and they want to shoot a 400. <laughs> um, what, yeah, what don't is we all? The actual, yeah, what is the actual, you know, boots on the ground? What, what would you say is realistic of, you know, you see this type of bull every single day, and you see this type of bull, you know, every handful of days, and maybe throughout the whole hunt you'll see one bull like in this caliber. What, what are we looking at there in 1 and 27 for that early archery? You know, on the early archery hunt, I'm going to say, realistically, your average bull you're going to be looking at is probably around a 310 bull. You know, but that's that's not the upper class there, but that's that's mo mostly what you're going to be looking at. Um, you're going to be probably pursuing some of those herd, herd bulls that are going to be in that 330 to, you know, 370 range, and then you'll occasionally get your, your bomber in, in each area, but... Um, realistically, you know, if a guy came out on those hunts and had expectations of, of hunting for a, you know, 340 to 360 class bull, that, that would be a realistic expectation, but he better be ready to, to put boots on the ground and hunt, hunt hard because they don't come easy. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about the early, whether it be muzzleloader or firearms, um, and, and those hunts, I'm scrolling through the regs, it looks like the muzzleloader hunt this year is in 1, 2B, 2C, there's 40 tags, um, and then it must be early rifle, let me pan up here. Yeah, it's uh, rifle in 27. Rifle in 27. So you've talked about archery expectations, and then, you know, to get these muzzleloader and get these, uh, uh, early rifle tags, you know, people got non-residents, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23. I mean, they wait forever to get these tags. And I've seen it so much over, you know, 20 years of doing this that there's the expectation that I've waited 20-some years. I'm, I'm shooting a giant. What is really the expectation for those firearm season because they've just been chased around for two weeks by everybody and their brother with the stick and string. You know, it's it's all about what somebody wants. If they come out with realistic expectations, you know, I I think you know a three fifty plus bull is a good expectation. But with that being said, you know what, you can always hunt for a three seventy five or bigger, and they're there, but they don't come easy. They're uh, they're always hard to come by. They're few and far between, but they are there. They're always there's always a few floating around. But do you, know, you feel like you have a better that, chance? Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say you get these guys that come out and they, you know, they they say I want a, you know, three eighty bull, and then they're they're ready to kill the first three forty bull they see and. You know, you you tell them that, that bull's only 340, and they say, well, that's bigger than the 350 bull at my house. And that's when you just got to tell them, well, you don't have a 350 bull at your house, then. 
<laughs> Change the measuring stick a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you you'll get that, but it's a uh, you know if you hunt hard and uh, you're willing to pass some of those 340, 350 type of bulls, you'll probably get a crack at one of those 370 plus bulls, but they're not going to be around every tree like like these people expect after you know waiting 20 plus years for a tag. In your mind, is there a better hunt? whether it be muzzleloader or early rifle as far as, you know, year in and year out, does one out hunt 27 on that particular hunt or are they equal as far as, you know, good hunts and quality and such? You know, I think, I think unit one probably has been putting out a little bit better bulls on the, the rifle hunt just because of the, the terrain and everything that, that allows for these, you know, longer rifle shots in, in some of these more mild areas, you know, big meadows and, uh, you know, mild canyons and whatnot. And you can cover a lot more ground within the unit, but if you do a lot of pre-scouting and stuff in 27, there's, they're there. It's just a lot harder to find them and dig them up because you got to really put a lot of boot leather on the ground. When you, when you, I kind of asked you about bugling and such, and you, you, if I remember right, you said they're pretty similar um, as far as bugling. Um, would you say when the rut is really, really intense, because in 27 you can kind of get away from people, can it actually be a more enjoyable hunt if you just happen to be in the right spot? I mean, could you? Just like you said, you had a great archery hunt. I mean, can you envision, just from a getting away from people standpoint, if you hit the rut just right, I mean, is there a chance 27 could be quite a bit better than one just from a people standpoint? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you you can get away in 27 to where you're, you know, you're not worried about somebody coming in behind you or somebody, you know, beating you to a bull that's screaming it it is a lot better from that standpoint because you you know you can take your time you don't have to push issues you can kind of just sit back and and choose your battles you know so it does make for a yeah. more enjoyable hunt when you're not having to foot race somebody for a bugle unit 27 you know i've never hunted it never hunted it at all um, but i've heard over the years that it can be a little finicky with the bugling is in your opinion, is that hearsay and not true, or does it have its moments where it, it, it is a little more finicky than one and they kind of clam up or they just don't bugle quite as well, or is that not, do you disagree with that? You know, I, I, I disagree with it. I don't think they're bugling any less. I just think that, you know, once, once a lot of the elk in 27 get, get pressured, they get bumped back into some rough, nasty country. And once they get back in there, there's very few people that are gonna pressure them. And uh, if they're <clears throat> if there's still people people looking back in those original spots where they got pressured out of, you know, they're gonna think that the bulls are clammed up and they're not talking and so on and so forth. But I've I've always just you know if you just keep your boots on the ground and keep going, you're you're gonna find them and they're gonna be doing the the normal elk routine. Yeah. So moving on to the late hunts uh, in in one two B two C and twenty seven, it looks like 
Uh, there's 375 tags in Unit 1 with a start date of November 30th through December 6th. Uh, and then the, the same time, same season, November 30th to December uh, 6th is 27. There's 460 tags. Um, seems like that Unit 1 number is down just a little bit. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it seems like those tags have come down a bit, but it seems like the 27 tags have gone up. It, you know, tell me uh, if I'm wrong or right or what, what the trend is going there. Yeah, I, I, I think 27 is, has maintained that 460 for the last couple of years. Um, I know last year, I believe Unit 1 had 325 rifle tags in it, so it's actually up 50. Okay. And uh, that's that's going to put a pretty big impact on the, you know, overall quality of the hunt. And, uh, you know, there, there's already been a decent amount of pressure in Unit 1 with the 325, and now an extra 50, it's it's going to make for a more, uh, more pressured hunt for sure. Do you think with the added tags that the hunt quality just having that many more people around, the hunt quality will decline and the success will go down? Or do you think the success will actually stay the same and they're actually going to kill more bulls? You know, you know I, what I mean? I think Sometimes they add more tags, and, but they never kill more, but it makes it a worse hunt. I don't know what's better, whether to keep it low and have a really good success rate. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I you know, I think more bulls are definitely going to get killed and it's, and it's going to make for a, uh, for definitely a more competitive hunt because you're going to have 50 more people in the field, but m more bulls are definitely going to die. I mean, with the technology nowadays with the optics and long-range rifles, there, there's going to be some more bulls that are going to get get harvested for sure. And I'd really like to see, you know, the game of fish start, you know, pick one or two units out of each region and uh, manage them for a true true trophy potential, you know, not just a six by, but, you know, a bull with some bigger age class. In other words, take a unit one and, and back the late hunts way off and make one their one, you know, that that's the unit in that region that they're going to, or, or 27, just take, pick one of them and try and, you know, limit the tags and see, I mean, because would you agree that the habitat, could, I mean, we, Arizona in those units could produce some absolute monster bulls. Probably, I mean, probably rivaling most or all reservations if they would just lower the numbers of tags. Wouldn't it be neat to just have one unit that's just like the holy grail of elk hunting? And I think one or 27 right now, you know, over the next 10 years, if they did that, could be that best unit in the world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we, unit one, you know, you're bordering the, the Fort Apache, uh, 27, you're bordering the San Carlos Apache. Um, both, both units have the genetics and, and all the feed there is to produce those bulls. They just, it doesn't matter if they have the best genetics and the best food in the world. If, if they only make it to age four, they're, they're never going to hit their true potential. And I'd love to see them, you know, pick one or two units out of each region and, uh, do away with the, opportunity and just you know manage it for for trophy potential you know you gotta gotta have some balance between opportunity and trophy hunters there's there's definitely yeah. both in this sport yeah i'm gonna ask, ask you a little bit of an off the wall question i'm a bit of a turkey nut um and what i i haven't 
I've hunted Unit 1 for turkey a little bit, but from what I heard after the fire, the turkey numbers in both units just absolutely exploded. Of course, the tags did too, but um, how are the turkey populations? You know, are you seeing more than ever, or is it up or down, or what, what's the trend right now? You know, I definitely see more than normal, or, you know, more than I did pre-fire, but to be honest with you, Jay, I don't, I don't do much with the turkey, so I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't tell you much more than that, but I do, do run into more when I'm out, out and about. They're like rabbits, just don't even yeah. pay attention to them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're dinks are more around. From a bear hunting perspective, um, and I know we're getting off topic, but from a bear hunting perspective, um, do you see just as many bears in one as you do in 27, or is one or the other of those units, you know, kind of a better bear unit? Um, no, we see we see a handful of bears in both units. Twenty seven, probably more, but um, that's pr mainly because there's there's more more rough country that you can have a lot more optics in where the bears are at. You know, there's a lot more oaks and stuff in twenty seven, so they're they're going to be on the acorns and everything like that. Twenty seven has quite a bit more diverse, you know, e even lower country, so to speak, pinion juniper, oaky basins, and some of that stuff, doesn't it as well as uh, you know compared to unit one? I mean, unit one has major diversity, but twenty seven even rolls off even more, doesn't it? Yeah, twenty twenty seven. You can you can hunt anywhere from ninety five hundred feet to you know forty five hundred feet. So you can be down in the cactus or up in the the fir and spruce yeah do you get much um do you get into the sheep uh the rocky mountain bighorns um much in those units and and i know we're we're, we're not in the desert bighorn drawing area but while i've got you i just figured i'd chat and see what your thoughts are on the um you know quality of the herds and what have you there in in that in those areas you know the the herds are doing good you know we we see sheep pretty pretty frequent and uh, th there's some really nice rams in, in a lot of these areas. I know that the uh, game of fish has is, is still been uh, transplanting, you know, big numbers of sheep into Unit 1 and 27 both, and even right there on the border of the Black River. So the sheep numbers are definitely coming up. want to bounce back to the late rifle hunts there in 27 and 1 and year in and year out on the late rifle hunt which unit do you think year in and year out would you have the opportunity to shoot the biggest bull if someone were to hire your guide service which late hunt in your opinion could you shoot the biggest bull year in and year out unit 27 hands down on the late hunt on the on the late rifle hunt, unit twenty seven, hands down. Uh, is that is that from me, a migration standpoint? No, it just seems like a lot of there. There's a lot more. Uh, I guess, you know, a lot more bull country in twenty seven than there is in unit one. I mean, don't get me wrong; okay. you're going to have really good bulls in, in unit one and have a, a really good hunt over there. But twenty seven has repeatedly for us been hands down a lot better of a late rifle hunt than you know one okay good stuff good stuff um looks like they give quite a bit of um antlerless tags 
kind of throughout the whole year and both looks like unit one they hit it quite a bit with the antlerless hammering those cows pretty good huh yeah they they seem to hammer them pretty good in both both units do you feel like do you feel like the elk numbers, I mean, having grown up there, do you feel like the elk numbers are just fine where they're at? Or, I mean, do you see the, the need to be killing, you know, keeping the elk numbers down a little bit? Or would you rather see them lift everything, you know, raise or, or excuse me, lower all numbers, bull numbers, cow numbers, everything? And, and do you think we have a bigger whole carrying capacity than what they're managing for? You know, I definitely think we could we could afford to put a, a lot more elk in these units. I mean, there's there's all the feed and water that's needed. I mean, all the habitats here. It's just uh, you know the the numbers aren't here. I mean, we we have a lot of elk for sure, but we could we could hold probably half as much again. Gotcha. It's always it's probably hard for you growing up there and seeing it. You know, go. I know some of my buddies over there in 3C and watching this Rodeo Cheddar Sky Fire. And, you know, on the Rodeo Cheddar Sky Fire, right at the beginning, they really limited the hunts. I, I, I want to say maybe even they didn't even have it the very next year. They was limited numbers. And, man, the quality just jumped up. I mean, it was incredible. And then, you know, they got after the numbers pretty good and kept raising it. And it seemed like the quality kind of really came down there. You know, some of the peak years were you know, two, three, four years after that fire was just insane. And I think Unit 1's basically kind of gone, 1 and 27, basically gone through the same thing, have they not? Yeah, that's that's basically exactly what it has gone on here. I mean, those first three years after the fire, 2012, 13, and 14, they they were phenomenal. And now, now you know, our overall quality, I think, has, has gone back down to kind of where we were at pre-fire. So we yeah. we still have good quality, but it's it's not like those glory years. I mean, those those three years after the fire, you, I mean, you would hardly even look at a 350 class bull. It, it's hard to say, but there were so many big bulls those three years. It it was incredible. I mean, they've gone for all those bulls with that age class, you know, and then they had two years of the that wheat that they'd seeded, and they were it was a phenomenal year. I want to ask you, I'm looking at your Instagram account, and um, looks like you guys had a pretty good uh, late coos deer season. Um, talk about your late coos deer hunts. Uh, I would assume most of those are in 27. Um, how is the coos deer hunting in 27, and, you know, is it, is it pretty much the same as it's always been, or is it getting better and better, or where are we at on that? <laughs> You know, twenty twenty seven's got so much country that you can get back and and get away from a lot of pressure in. So it's it's really really good. I mean, it's I wouldn't say it's any better or any worse. Um, a lot of that country did take fire, even in that lower portion of the unit. But and that that's definitely helped with the glassable aspect. But the overall quality has has been good. It's. I would say it's probably the same, but you definitely got to be ready to to hunt hard for for a quality animal. I'm also looking here on your Instagram. You guys have been whacking some big mule deer bucks. These these don't look like Kaibab bucks. These look like up there in your country in that 127 country. 
has your mule deer really bounced back? You know, our our numbers for our mule deer have gone up uh, noticeably. Um, quality has been great, but this past year they did up the tags in Unit 1 by 50 and uh, definitely kind of impacted the overall quality of the hunt. I mean, we still were able to kill some really nice deer this year, with even with the additional permits, but it seems like everything since the fire has, has really gone up in, in quality if they're allowed to get to the age class, you know. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you feel like the fire specifically, when we're talking about mule deer, has have the, have the numbers been, you know, have they been increasing because it's been opened up or were there always that many deer when it was thick, you just couldn't see them? Or, or I mean, no, do you I, think the fire has really raised the numbers? You know, I think it, it has raised the numbers. I don't think it's raised them a ton, but it definitely has. I mean, before the fire, you know, you'd see a doe with a fawn or, or you know, you'd see five does and there'd be three fawns or, or so on and so forth. But now it seems like every doe you see has got twins. So the numbers have definitely come up. You see a lot more deer, and it's not that it's just open because um, it kind of steadily has getting better and better and better for numbers every year, but it definitely has helped the quality as well because there's a lot more browse on the ground and there's a lot more more food that the deer like. Yeah, no, it makes, makes total sense. Pretty neat place to live, isn't it, man? Yeah, it's... Pretty awesome. So pretty dang lucky to be able to walk out my back door and be up in the woods in a couple minutes. Are you um, an outfitter full-time, or do you have a day job as well? No, in the off-season, I, I do a little construction here and there. Gotcha. And you also do some hunts in New Mexico as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're basically right here on the border, so we kind of get best of both worlds between Arizona and New Mexico. When New Mexico draw comes out, I'll have to, we'll have to call and chat about New Mexico as well. Um, it's been awesome having you on, having you share your knowledge about these units. I know there's people specifically interested in 1 and 27, and I, I know you've been able to shed some really good light. Um, I want to encourage the listeners to uh, follow Justin and his guides uh, at premium hunts on Instagram that's premium underscore hunts um, and then your website also Justin is um, premiumhunts.com uh, and is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners um, and if they're interested in 1 or 27 uh, you want them to give you a call or an email or just go to the website and direct it from there what would you like yeah, if anybody wants to talk about either of those units, they can, you know, message us on Facebook, Instagram, or go to our webpage and shoot us an email, or our phone numbers are all listed on the webpage as well, so they can Sounds get good. contact with us anyway. I'll also list them in the uh, show notes of this podcast, and uh, it's great to talk to you, man. Uh, just been admiring your work for years here, and I uh, thought I'd reach out and, and uh, get you on the podcast, and I'm glad I was able to make it work. I feel like you brought some um, really good tidbits of information uh, here about these units. So 
Um, Happy New Year to you. What do you got going right now? Are you chasing rutting deer, or are you kind of um, taking it easy after a long season? No, we just got done with the coos hunt, so now we're ready to kick back for a little bit and then uh, head to a do a little bit of bow hunting here in the next week or so. Good. So are you starting to see deer, as dry as it is, are you starting to see deer wanting to think about rutting around, or is it still about a week out? No, I think I think it's about a week out before it really kicks in gear, but they're definitely out roaming around and uh, doing their thing. You know, you're still catching coos deer running scrape lines and uh, muleys just drifting through, but any day now it should click. Now, will the mule deer be rutting kind of simultaneously with the coos, or are they usually a little bit earlier? Uh, I th- I think they're about the same time. I mean, you'll you'll see them come in and out. One day will be hot on coos, one day will be hot on mule deer, but it's, it's basically the same time. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, man, thanks so much. Uh, definitely go check out Justin's Instagram page. It's pretty awesome. Let's shoot some giant, giant animals. We've got some killer trail camera pictures and stuff too. Um, so, Justin, thanks for sharing with us, and i uh, look forward to having you on again. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jay. Have a good one. Happy New Year. Okay. Happy New Year. Take care. Bye.